0: It's huge. And we, we had some women with high heels on and stuff. And this was back in the day. And I'm, I'm going, Chuck, you're, you're losing it, man. We're going to have to help these people climb down this cliff and help each woman down. And we're going to do it. We're going to do it. This is going to be awesome. And so we started doing it. And then when we finally got everybody down safely to the trail that now leads down to the Sea of Galilee, he starts to sing, How Great Thou Art. You know, and, and when that song, I just lost it. <laughs> I loved him so much. And uh, he impacted all of our lives. And he continues to impact our lives. Um, even in these last days, he is impacting Because why? Because the Lord used him to be the father of our faith. And he's handed it down to us uh, to steady on in perilous times. Uh, We are living in very troubled times. Jared should be here. But it's perilous times. It's tough days. And that's just one of the big proofs of of what's going on right now in the body of Christ in Calvary chapels. So I am really privileged and blessed to be able to kind of just go through this one little chapter here real quickly, but just to just kind of go over some of these words in here that depict this time. Uh, We're talking about a time and Paul, he is a, He's a guy that wants to get us going. He's a a guy that wants to get us excited. He's a guy that wants to really shake things up in the church. God used him to do that. That's why he wrote so much of the New Testament. And uh, I I think if there was a a, a name for Paul in writing this chapter and this book, actually, would be Paul the bad news guy. Because he's just handing it down to us. It's one bad news after another. But that's okay, because that's better for us in these days. The worse it gets, the better it gets in the church. The more God gets our attention that this is real. This is not play, church. This is not, you know, just fun and games. This is not just, oh, worship the Lord, the presence of the Lord, you know. No, This are going to be tough days. Ahead is tough times. And we're going to have to be tough. We're going to have to be like a turtle, man. <laughs> a good shell on us. That's the word of God wrapped around us. But this is actually good news. But you have to understand where he's coming from. He wants to motivate us. And what's a better motivation than prophecy? And looking at what he's saying here. So perilous times. Paul talking about A time of terror, actually. When evil would gather itself for its final assault and the world would be shaken to its very core. We are living in that day. The moral and physical foundations are being washed away. And we see it happening in our time. Who has ever seen this happen? No one but us. Because we're in the end times. And so we're watching, just going, whoa. Perilous means difficult in the Greek. As in demonic, violent, dangerous. I like what Paul says in Romans 13, the night is far spent, but the day is at hand. You know, Satan's had his fling. And he knows it's coming to an end. The end is near, so that means he is near. The day is at hand. So this will be Satan's final assault before his final defeat. And this is where Paul is bringing us in this chapter. I mean, this is incredible. As you take one piece at a time. A time that the church and even goodness will be threatened. And we have never been so threatened than now. And goodness, it's out the window. (laughs) It's a godless world. And this last list that Paul lays out here is more condemning than Romans chapter 1. And if you've read Romans chapter 1, that is man's downhill spiral to sin. And the bottom of it is unbelievable. Rome. Rome was there. And Rome did it all. But Rome ended up not being existing anymore. So because of this list, with those who know the truth, they're apostate. And so this is a very good subject for the church to hear. Because there are many in the church today that are apostate. The last days. This list speaks of today. Because we're there. Perilous times have come. It's right before the rapture. And let's look at this list. There's 18 words that I want to go through. So if you're taking notes, there's going to be 18 major categories. And, of course, the first one is this. Know that in the end times, perilous times shall come. But then, verse 2, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. And then the list begins. Lovers of their own selves. What people are going to be going through? What are they going to be experiencing? Number one, they're going to be lovers of self. In the Greek, it's self-loving. I love me. Mm, mm, mm. I love me. All love me, you know. And that's what's happening today. People are in love with themselves. Our age is a self-conscious time when people are self-centered the advertising uh, you know I'm worth it type of thing yeah I, I need to go for that because hey I, that's what I need in my life and people are just taken by the the spas and the body physical things that are going on today I know the the girls love massages and they and they and they, they love to have their nails done and because my, my girls yeah I, I got nine grandchildren so they're all you know we take them all the time you know uh, and this is everybody's kicking back enjoying it's almost like the Romans were back in the day enjoying the physical things that are allowed for us to get into but it can be a trap. This sin is really, this lovers of self, the root of all other sins. It's that heavy. My will be done. It destroys relationships with God and man. It wipes them out. Oh, you're going to do it your way? Frank Sinatra said, I did it my way. I don't know where he's at today. We can't do it our way. We have to do it his way. It has to be his will be done. Jesus said, he that loses his life is going to gain it. Not he that gains his life. You are to pick up the cross, deny yourself, and follow him. All right, let's look at number two. He says, lovers of their own selves, covetousness. Now covetousness is interesting. It's lovers of money. Well, that's our society today. Everyone loves money, wants money, and ha- has to have it, and they'll do whatever to get it. You know, First uh, Timothy uh, chapter six, in in verse nine, you can jot that one down, where Paul says this: "But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, a trap, and." into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction, wipe them out spiritually, and perdition. They'll lose everything. They'll lose their lives. They'll lose their souls. I mean, it's that devastating. Money. It's a root, right? Of evil. The root of all evil. (laughs) Jesus said, A man's life consists not in the abundance of the things that he possesses. And yet, there are many souls in danger of wrong priorities. The priority is about money. And the talk is money. How much do you make? Uh, where are you working? Well, I'm going to get a raise. You know, I'm going to get more of this stuff. <laughs> Materialism is more dangerous than adversity. But what does the church need? Adversity. Bring it humble us lord get us to have right priorities and 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 the greater you know the tribulation the persecution the stronger the church is the softer the church is when everything's fine and dandy everything's great and so the enemy likes to soothe everything and just get everybody in a lethargy no notice the three and four now he says uh, covetous Boasters, proud. Boasters and proud. The Greek here is braggarts and arrogancy. Just they're arrogant. A wandering quack. Pretend you have and you don't have. Do when you don't do. And the business of you know selling God, you know. Being rich in selling God. You know, our, our tour guide watches all the different groups come in. They watch every denomination. They watch the Pentecostals. They watch the Baptists. They watch everybody that's in the church. They watch. And they'll tell you, hey, there's no business like God's business. That's all they talk about, man, is how good they're doing and how every, And what a bad witness to these Israelis, these Jews, You know, but we come over there just, you know, just bragging away. It's not good. Commercialism. Man, over in chapter 3 of of Revelation in verse 17 is a wake-up call for the church. He says this, Jesus is speaking, Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing. Don't you know that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked? I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire. I'm riches. You need me in your life. Because that is the bottom line for riches. Many of these politicians are braggarts, as you listen to them. Uh, who are so, some of them, that they want to put on like they're so good. They're, they're just good people. And we're just trying to do something good. And then the Lord says, Lord, they, they're saying, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? And the Lord just turns around and says, I never knew you. You never had a relationship with me. You just went on and on and on about how, good you are, and how you go to church every Sunday, and you're even there on Wednesdays. Oh, wow. Arrogant. Arrogant is worse. To show yourself as you're above everyone. An air of contempt. The sin of a high heart. Living in a fool's paradise twisting scripture manipulating god's people and i'm talking about the church and that's that's that these are just things that are in the church but god says i resist the proud i give grace to the humble to have self worship and be proud it's not a good thing these two result in the next word what is the next word You following me? Say it out loud. Blasphemy. Wow, that's a heavy word, huh? Blasphemy. What is blasphemy? It's an insult to God and man that you don't need God. That's blasphemy. These can hurt. They use actions. They use words. And they just pound people down. It's ugly, it's unforgivable, and really, they get paid to pervert. They they like it so much. Here they are in a very, a pastor situation where they get to twist the scriptures and the people don't even know it. Because see, they're not in the word. Now, if the people aren't in the word and they're twisting the scriptures, whoa, we need to be testing those that are teaching. We need to be checking them out. You can't check them out unless you're in your word, too. We need to know the truth. It'll set you free, but it'll also help you to help those in the church that are being blinded and ripped off. And there's many that are being hurt by this thing called blasphemy. Now, the next one... Oh interesting this is a fulfillment of prophecy he, he goes on to say disobedient to parents mm. that's not happening today so we'll move along to the next one what can i say in rome to strike a mother to strike a father was worse than murder back in rome they take it seriously. You don't, you, you don't mess with kids. You don't do that. You don't mess with parents. To the, to the Jews, to honor your father and mother was one of the most important things. They don't talk about them. You don't put them down. And yet, look what's going on today with the young people. Look what's going on today as we see the family falling apart. When the youth are scoffing at parental authority, they they say, you try it one more time, I'm turning you in. Now what what? And if you hey, I'm I'm serious. Okay, okay. Because we know what that means. Because as soon as that call is made, whoa, 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 there's big trouble. So they're threatening. I think this whole thing is one of the greatest sins of our age right now. What's going on? Kids are spoiled. No sense of duty. No work ethic. They're just let go. They're let go to be corrupted. And if, if it's not in the home and they're not getting it from their parents, where are they going to get it? From their peers. And they're getting it. Oh, they're doing good. They're graduating. They're staying with the box. And they won't let it go. Try to take it away from them at dinner. They're going to flip out on you. You can't tell me that. This is my box. This is, uh, my mind's in this. You can't even have a conversation anymore. What is going on? My wife and I went down to watch the sunset. We parked next to a car, and this couple was supposed to be, I guess, they're in love, they're young, and they're sitting watching the sunset. They're not making out. They're looking at their box. That's their, that's their date. And we're just freaking out. Look at this. <laughs> wow, things have changed. Kids hire hit men to take out their parents. It's crazy. We're, We're living in perilous times. Many parents get tired and they give up. They give up trying to tell their kids anything, they just let it go. And our responsibility, though, is to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's on us. That's what God said for us to do. And if we're not strong in doing that, then we're just giving them to the world. And that's why we have the youth that are coming up that are just out of control. Because it's not in the home. And we've got to, as Christian parents, to rededicate, recommit to the Lord and ask Him for wisdom how to deal with our homes. That's that is the victory. I think someone would call it tough love. I don't think it's tough love. I think it's just, it's just well, yeah, it, it is tough agape. You know, agape meaning love them with a sacrificial love that you'll sacrifice whatever it takes to minister to them and get the message. So we're in for the most disrespectful generation that we've ever seen in these days there has never been a generation like the generation that is coming up so he's just trying to share in the last days perilous times in the last days look for these things and they're happening very strongly already um, I think the age of those doing crimes have lo- dropped to about 14 is the average age of murder, theft. And in many of the large cities, it's, it's even lower. I mean, the kids are out of control. This turns many into being thankless. Notice the next one is disobedience to parents, but unthankful, unthankful. They, they don't appreciate what they have. Uh, their unthankfulness turns towards God and, and turns towards a hate towards God. Neither were they thankful, Romans chapter 1, verse 21. And we're in, living in those days. No one is thankful to God. There's no table grace anymore. Let's pray for the food. Even Christians have broken away from that. And it's, it's sad. Where is our prayer life? Where, where, is, where is our thankfulness to what he's given us? I think when you have a fellowship like this and you have something new coming up in a very desert atmosphere, out, out here spiritually, it's a desert. You guys know that? That's why God has planted this work. And you're in for an exciting ride. But you've got to come together and pray and be thankful for the little. And he'll give you more. And, and, and be, be grateful and be diligent. And he wants to bless this area. When I saw this place and I saw what's connected to it and the, and the surrounding and just realize how far any other real Bible teaching church is, wow, what an opportunity for the Lord. And that's why he's blessing so much right now. I think this is a hurting sin, and uh, it hurts the heart of God. Number eight is unholy. In other words, nothing is sacred. He uh, offends against the fundamental decencies of life. I mean, given up between a believer. And unbeliever, I mean, as you can't even tell the difference anymore. How do they tell that you're a Christian? In fact, if they were going to arrest you for being a Christian, what are you doing that would cause them to arrest you? (laughs) Do do you have enough of being a Christian that they would actually say that's one? Because that's coming too. Don't be surprised. To gratify his lower, unfulfilled passions, he goes out at night to seek his thrill, which is unholy and abnormal. To be lukewarm is to be unholy. Did you know that? Lukewarm means that you backslid. Maybe you never frontslid. There's a lot of people that, you know, you kind of, you question it. But man, to all of a sudden, you know, just being away from the Lord, it's abnormal. And then notice in verse 3, the 9, number 9, is without natural affection. There's no foundation of family or, or life. And, 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 and the family is being destroyed. Child abuse is going on incredibly uh, sexual abuse incest that 's something that the, I feel so sorry for those guys in, in the police department that ha- that 's their detail that 's what they have to look up every single day you 've got to pray for those guys. they look at that stuff and they see what the inhumanity of man is like and, and, and what parents do to their kids it, it, it just tw- it really hurts them. To be a good uh, policeman, you've got to be a strong Christian. You really do. Or you're going to get bitter and angry. I know I've been on the streets. I've been a chaplain for many, many years. I've been out there. I've been with the guys. They're between a rock and a hard place. It's tough. So we need to pray for them. But, man, the stuff that's going on. The loss of human affection. A love for a child. So the family is breaking down. And this is now the commonplace thing. It's, it's like Sodom and Gomorrah now. Within our cities, it's happening. And, and it, it's, it's behind closed doors, it's in the dark, but it's opening up more and more. And now it's paraded down the streets. Now it's a big parade. It's, uh, now you can't say anything, or you will go to jail. You know, And whoa. It's going to get to the point where, when a minister shares something, somebody's going to go run and tell. And there's going to be lawsuits. I mean, this is where we're at. And it's going to get heavier. So the commonplace thing going down. sown They've sown the wind, but what does the Bible say? They're going to reap a whirlwind. And the whirlwind is coming. It's here. Number 10, truce breakers. Truce breakers. How many have said their vows to only see them broken. Covenant breakers. Many of you have been a victim of this last day attitude and action. And it's prevalent in our society. Divorce and separation. It's everywhere. And that's the breaking of those vows. Truce breakers. It's alarming. And the amount of divorces in the church is more than it's in the world now. I mean, it's crossed the, the line. So what does that say about the church? We're not, we're not real strong. And so we need to get strong. This church is going to help you to become strong. Why? Because they're in the word of God. And because you're in the word of God, you're going to be an overcomer of this world and what this world is trying to do in your life, personally, family, and your church. It's the word, the power of God. But as in the days of Noah, as in the days of Noah, they were marrying and remarrying. Because sin Will abound many, many. The love of many will wax cold. And God's love is is hard to find these days. But as in the days of Noah, so shall be what? The days of the coming of the Son of Man. So an unrelenting hatred, a bitterness, even among Christians (laughs) in the church. There's warfare. There's brother against brother, sister against sister. And it's happening, why? Because the whole world is affected. And it's of course going to get into the church. But that's where the word of God comes in. That's why we must hunger for more of it so we can be cleansed of those things that are of the flesh and let it go and be sacrificial towards our brothers and sisters. So important. To allow these you know, no reconciliation? No, we're not going to get it right. <laughs> to go on and on and on is one of the worst but common of all sins. Just shine it on, let's move on. You don't need to get it right. Yeah, but getting it right is going to make it right. <laughs> getting it right is, it, it, you could save a brother or a sister. What does Galatians 6.1 say? You go to him. Humbly, not as a big shot. You, you, you just pray for them in meekness, trying to draw them back in. And then another one is restored. And reconciliation, that's what God did through Christ for us. And that's what we're to be doing amongst the brethren. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. I guess, you know, what he's really saying to us as the church, forgive those that abuse you, that threaten you, that revile you, and the commit, commit it to God, who judges righteously, give it to the Lord. Don't you deal with it? Don't you try to run them off the road? That's flesh, man. That's just going to cause nothing but heartache and 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 problems. Oh, then we got the next one. Number eleven is slanderers, and that is becoming devils, actually, in the Greek devils who constantly invent and throw evil reports and accusations into the media. We see it every day on, the, uh, on what's going on in our nation. What's happening? A nation that is divided will not stand. We're a divided nation. And look at the, the fake news and all the stuff that's going on. It's everywhere, and the enemy loves this. He's reveling in it as people are hating. The haters are growing, (laughs) and it's getting deep. What is this going to bring? Riots in the street. That's where we're headed. Big riots. it earlier, it's going to happen again. So they are constantly throwing these things out. It's a cruel sin of character assassination. One thing to st- it's one thing to st- you know to start a gossip going on it's another to try to stop it. And that's what the Lord would have us to do. You you don't steal and and and, and cheat and then pass on you know, the garbage to someone else and say, I know this about that person. I know this about this person. Hey, did you hear this about this guy? I heard it. Do you know it's true? I don't know, but I believe it. <laughs> We're so quick to just go, yeah, I believe it. It's a lie. It ruins lives. You don't even find out if it's true. And I think that's what we need to do is find out, is that true? Let's just, Let's check that out. And I think, right there, the church needs to just flat out repent. Repent of that kind of thing. And turn to the Lord. Number 12 is incontinent. In the Greek, it's no sexual restraints. They have, there's nothing. Everybody's out of control. A slave to that habit, or that desire, or that dirty movie, or going to dirty movies magazines pornography oh how many guys are you know just got that monkey on the back and it's a it's a bad one and it won't let you go it'll hunt you down every every time you got to get back you got to go look no one will know you know and it's just twisting get out of it confess it if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness but this lust, the only way to stop it is to repent. The spread of STDs is unbelievable. The stuff that's coming up today, they've never seen it before and, uh, unless it was the dark ages and now it's coming back. So what, what's that all about? It's enough pr- uh, you know, proof, enough man is out of control. It, it proves that man has totally lost it when it can- comes to sexual perversion. What does the scripture says? It says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Put Jesus on. Let Jesus answer the door. When he the come, comes, devil comes knocking and saying, you need to watch this and do this and do that. What would Jesus do? He would just shut the door. I can't do it in my own. No, you can't. But in his power, you can And so we need to cry out to the Lord. Number 13 is fierce. In the Greek, it's savage. Man will be like a wild beast no feelings, no sensitivity, no sympathy, hurting many and not caring if many are hurt. They love what they're doing. Isn't that weird? but they are on they are on the devil's work they're doing his work and and he gives them a little high in doing that so fierce the next one is number 14 who love or no love for good people in other words you get embarrassed because oh you're at school and you're talking to one of the christians on campus and some of the the guys come up, or the girls come up, and you go, yeah, I'm, I gotta get out of here. You know, and you just kind of get away because you don't want to be hanging with that. T- you know, and there's getting to be a place where there's no love for good people anymore. Stay away from the good people because it's embarrassing how low some have sunk. And when they start to avoid goodness, and people don't want goodness anymore. Righteousness. They don't want it. Affections on things below instead of on things above. When that's going on. In verse 4, in, uh, this is number 15, traitors. In the Greek, it's treacherous. Treacherous times will get so bad, uh, the scriptures say, that uh, you'll be betrayed by your own friends. Your own friends will turn against you, your own family, your own siblings. Those that are the closest to you will turn on you, and your home will become a battlefield. How many have experienced that? So many, including me. It's incredible. But it's just part of where we're headed. And part of what the scripture says, that Paul says, I know this is bad news, but there's good news. Just just a moment. So then number 16 is heady. You can't be sensible at all. Many are hurt by headiness. If you would have only stopped to think about what you're about to do, you would have not blown it, but you didn't think because you're heady. Incredible, the things that are going on in these days. And finally, we're looking at number 17, puffed up, inflated, conceited, high-minded. man today. Men today are in, in, inflated, with a sense of his own importance i'm important and i'm going to make that known it's all about me again his own importance and like the pharisees and the scribes they were always heady they were always puffed up they weren't meek and lowly of heart they were all that and more finally verse uh, the end the last one 18 lovers of pleasure and not of God. The religious world are loving pleasure, but not God. They want to have pleasure more than they love the Lord. It's the worship of self again. The thorns and thistles that Jesus talked about that had, the seed had been thrown on that land and the thorns and thistles, the cares and the riches of the world have choked that seed out. That seed was the word of God. And all of a sudden, you used to be a, 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 a student of the word, you used to be a disciple of Christ, but you're no longer because other things have come into your life. And these are, these are good, they're pulling on me, and I, I'm buying into them, and uh, I think it's good. But no, it's not good, you're getting ripped off. You're being deceived. But the God of Molech will not save you. (laughs) The God of this world, he'll just destroy. So their devotion is in self-satisfaction. Entertainment business, you know, oh man, to get into the entertainment business. It sounds great, doesn't it? We're going to entertain the troops, and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Uh, it, it's getting into an area that your, your 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 life is going to be, spiritual life is going to be choked out because it's all about the world. And we have to be careful what kind of a, a work we get in as Christians. If you're into a, a job where it's just constant warfare, then what do you expect? You're, you're in it. You're in it being pounded on now. Maybe some can make it. If you're a strong Christian, you can make it and be a light there and see some people come to the Lord, right? But if not, you need to pray about, Lord, uh, you know this is not healthy for me. Please make a way where there seems to be no way. Get me out of here. And I pray to so many people that they're just locked in and it's, it's really hurting their witness and their lives. So lovers of self, remember going back to verse 2, ends in lack of love for God. They're kind of lo- uh, or um, lulled into sleep. There's a numbness in the church today, uh, a religious feeling, uh, the flesh. It, it's, all, it's all a sham. It's all a rip-off because you think everything's fine when it's not. And that's Deception. The final condemnation is what? Verse 5? And he says, having a form of godliness. Oh no. Yeah, we have a steeple. Yeah, we 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 have a cross out in front. We, We have a Holy Spirit dove. Oh, that's cool. Form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. Outward form, no power. You go through the motions, but there's no deliverance, no salvations. And that has to be a part of it all. Or why are you existing? Why are you playing church? It's not about that. It's not about go, Sunday go to meeting. I mean, it maybe it was in the 50s or something. But, man, we're in the last days. Now it's warfare. Now it's getting down and getting real and beginning to join together as brothers and sisters like never before. I think this is the church's greatest indictment of all, that we have this form. The gospel really not being preached. And here's the worst part, not even missed. Not even missed, because they... They don't see the importance of the gospel. Where Paul said, huh, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not ashamed. It's the power of God unto salvation. You know, I mean, they, they got to get back to what the gospel's all about and start preaching Christ and Him crucified. There's no other way that God made a plan for men to come to Him but Christ and Him crucified. And, and to realize that was for you personally. And you take him in. So, enough to be said that in the last days there is going to be great deception, great apostasy. And may God help us to not be a part of it. uh, And to see that Paul wrote more than just the bad news. What do you mean? Well, let's go down and let's look at a few of the scriptures that... I think we need to concentrate on right before we leave. Look at verse 8 of 2 Timothy 3. He says, Now Janus and Jambres withstood Moses to do this, or uh, so do these who resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall, notice what Paul says, proceed no further. And their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs was also. Do you guys know the story here? Do you know what this is about? This is about Moses coming before Pharaoh, saying, let my people go. And the Pharaoh, you know, he's always turning him down. He said, that's it. He took the, uh, the staff from Aaron and threw it down. It became a, a serpent, you know. Well, no, actually, no, the, the, the magicians first threw theirs down, and they, they became serpents. So check this deception out. They made staffs into serpents. And you're going, oh, my gosh. The, the enemy has power. He turned a piece of wood into a snake, and they're crawling around the ground. And then that's when God said, Aaron, give me your, give me your rod. Threw it down. And what happened? The snake that Moses brought forth, Devoured the others. So be encouraged. What, who we're dealing with, who we're following, who we're being led by, swallows the enemy. The deception. Yes, it looks real, but it's not. It's not. Only God is real. And he'll put it down. He'll devour it. And then I love verse 11. And Paul says, Persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch. Man, he got it. Over and over again. Every city, stoned, thrown out. What persecutions, notice, I endured. But out of them all, the Lord delivered me. He wants you to know. He wants me to know that those things that are going to come upon us in this world, that we think, oh my gosh, how do you make it through? The Lord. He's not going to let you go through it without a victory. I mean, he's all about victory. He's all about uh, being there. And you can endure, he said. I endured those things. It was all right. In fact, when they stoned me, I got up. They left me for dead. But I got up, dusted myself off, and said, I'm I'm actually feeling pretty good. (laughs) Let's go on to the next city. Whoa. That's my God. And then... Finally, verse 15. And from a child, listen, from a child you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given for inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God, the woman of God, may be complete, perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Timothy, you were raised in the word. Is that what you're doing with your kids? Is that what is happening in your life as you're coming to church, as you're letting the Lord just bless you? That's what should be going on. And the Lord wants to just continue to do this work of cleansing and renewing and refreshing and causing you guys to be so bold, you bring somebody. you got to come and see a man. Come and see a man that I met. And uh, just come with me, and you'll you'll enjoy it. And the word will be given out. The challenge will be there, and they'll come to know the Lord. And this place is going to just, it's just going to be strong. It's going to be strong in Him as you keep your eyes on Him. And we definitely are going to be praying for you guys because this is an exciting work that God has started that He's going to finish. Remember? He that began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. So, Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for all that you're doing in this church. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts this morning as we contemplate all of these things. A lot of bad news, but yet the good news is you're God. And we just need to depend totally on you and lean to you. So, Lord, fill everyone in this place with your goodness, your mercy, your grace. Fill them with your Holy Spirit, Lord, that power from on high that comes upon your church to see that we're bold and brave in the faith and that we're going to share our faith. We're going to share about you. We're not going to be ashamed, but we're going to just shout it from the rooftops, Lord, and you're going to get all the glory because we're going to take none of it. To God be the glory, great things. He has done, he is doing, and he is going to do, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.